you are listening to the fellow cast this is another bring your own bible episode and if you've been listening along you would know that we are tracking nicely through the book of genesis and last week we ended with genesis chapter 19 the story of lot and so today pastor garth gets into chapter 20 all the way through to 22 and he, there are really some great points to ponder as we listen. And he also gives a bit of a, a glimpse back into Hagar and Ishmael's inclusion in the whole story of Abraham and Sarah and Isaac. And we, we read about the birth of Isaac as, and also God asking Abraham to, uh, to sacrifice the son Isaac. So I really trust that you've been enjoying these episodes and that today as you listen, you would be challenged and encouraged and enjoy this one as well. Hello again, Valdu. And um, yes, we're back to the story of Abraham. In our previous session, we took a bit of a detour. We followed the story of Lot um, and the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah. And we also jumped into Judges chapter 19, um, where a very similar story took place in Israel. But now we're in chapter 20 of Genesis and we're back to the story of Abraham and Isaac is about to be born. But I do want to jump back just a little bit because there's a couple of touch points that's going to be mentioned in today's stories that's quite re- important to remember where they came from. In chapter 15 of Genesis, uh, God made the covenant with Abraham and it was this incredible encounter with God. Um, something supernatural took place. Um, and right after that, uh, Sarah has this idea and says, well, if I can't have a child then maybe you should take my Egyptian slave, Hagar. And um, Abraham thought it was a good idea, and sure enough, Hagar conceived. And as as soon as she got pregnant, Sarah mistreated Hagar to the point that she ran away. She headed back to Egypt, and God found her in the desert where she was about to die. And God provided for her and sent her back um, and said, Submit to your mistress Sarah and to Abraham and Ishmael was born from her and today we're going to see something of the of the same because that story of Hagar and Ishmael will continue after the birth of Isaac then so remember that God gave a promise then just before the story of Sodom and Gomorrah just before Abraham interceded on that day God promised and said next year this time Sarah will have a boy. And um, so now we're in that year and we're waiting for the fulfillment of that promise. So the story starts off where Abraham is now living um, in a place called Gerar. Um, Gerar is today in the um, south central Israel. It used to be part of um, the Philistine territory. So it's close to Gaza, um, Ashkelon, those areas where we can still find it today. Um, He's living over there, and the leader of the place is called Abimelech. Now, Abimelech is not a name, it's a title. Later in the story um, of Isaac, we will find the name again, but it's not the same person. It's sort of like Pharaoh. uh, That is a title. Um, And as he comes to stay in this place, the same fear that tripped him over last time when he was in Egypt um, took hold of him again. Again, he thinks, uh, well, somebody is going to want to take my wife and they might take my life in order to take Sarah as their wife. 
And so he says again, the same lie. He says, she's my sister. And sure enough, Abimelech notices her and he takes Abraham's sister, as he thinks, as his wife. But it says that night, the Lord um, appeared to Abimelech. And the Lord said to him, Abimelech, you are as good as dead because of this woman that you have taken. Um, uh, she is a married woman, the Lord reveals to him. Well, the next day, Abimelech gets um, his leaders together and they speak about this. And all of them are gripped with fear because of this dream that Abimelech had. And they call Abraham in and Abimelech says to him, well, What have you done to me? How have I wronged you that you have caused me to do this wrong and have brought this judgment on me? Abraham's response is, he says, uh, well, I said to myself, surely there's no fear of God in this place. And um, I might be killed because somebody might want to take my, wa uh, my wife as their wife. And Abimelech then restores uh, Sarah to Abraham. But not just that, he actually in front of everybody um, gives her a thousand shekels of silver <laughs> and says just as a sign that I've cleared you of all guilt and shame in other words I have not slept with you I've not wronged you and in front of everybody I gave you this sum of money to say sorry for the wrong that I've done over you uh, which, just, which just shows to me how wrong Abraham was in his um, estimation of the fear of God in that place because just out of that dream, out of this revelation of God, this man truly honors Abraham and he honors um, Sarah. And they end up staying in that place for quite some time. But just recognize what this fear um, could have cost Abraham. Stepping into fear uh, could have cost him the fulfillment of this promise that God has spoken over Sarah. I mean, they were in the year that the son now has to be born and in that year he's willing to let his wife go to another man uh, fear can steal from us so much more than we can fathom the promises of god can be ripped out of our life because we don't walk in faith but we walk in fear by the grace of god then it is withheld um, and in chapter 1, it, it starts off and it says, Now the Lord was gracious to Sarah, um, as he had said, and the Lord did for Sarah what he had promised. And sure enough, she became pregnant, and um, by the next year, Isaac is born. And her response is just so beautiful to the birth of Isaac. She says, um, everybody will laugh at what has taken place, because they will say, how can it be possible that this woman can bear a child at this age. And she calls him, uh, he laughs. Because she says, Abraham will laugh because I have borne him a son. Uh, so just imagine the joy that comes with this. This long, long, long awaited thing. Um, and eventually to the point where it is impossible. As Rob often reminds us um, in his sermons at the moment as well. Uh, this child was born out of a dead womb. It was absolutely impossible. It's a miraculous 
child. The start of the nation of Israel, the start of the Jews and the fulfillment of God's promise of blessing the earth through Abraham is a miracle, an absolute miracle. Sadly though, um, at a feast, as soon as Isaac is born, um, Sarah notices that Ishmael, Hagar's son, uh, mocks Isaac and her. Um, and it must have looked, it must have looked funny. Uh, honestly, this grandma holding her child. And still that jealousy in her heart towards Hagar that she would have fallen pregnant with her husband first. Now remember, that's why I quickly jumped back. Whose idea was this? The idea was Sarah's. It was actually her idea for Hagar um, to be Abraham's wife. But she says to Abraham, Abraham, this son, Ismael, will not inherit with my son, Isaac. And it says that uh, the matter greatly distressed Abraham because of his son. Ishmael was also his son. But the Lord said to him, um, listen to your wife, uh, Sarah, um, because I will also bless Ishmael greatly and make him a great nation. And remember the Lord have previously also given that promise. Um, now he confirms the promise again. So the very next morning, Abraham takes Hagar and Ishmael and he gives Hagar a bag of water and he gives her some food for the road and that's it. Hagar and Ishmael is sent away. She goes into the south, into the desert of Paran. Now the desert of Paran is there where Mount Sinai is. They're at the bottom of that triangle um, between the Red Sea and the Persian Gulf. And at that moment, just like the previous time when she ran away, the Lord spoke to her from heaven. It says, the angel of the Lord spoke to her from heaven. Um, and he said to her, Hagar, look up, uh, because the boy will live. I will also make him a great nation. And sure enough, as she looked up, she saw a well right there. Uh, again, a great miracle the Lord has provided. And uh, she stood up and she gave the boy water. And it says later on, he became a hunter, a great archer. And she went and got a wife for him. Um, and eventually, uh, he would become a great nation, as the Lord has, has promised as well. So just, again, the grace of God over the slave woman who is mistreated. Um, absolute mercy of God and the provision of God for a woman uh, who is sent away with so little. Uh, I just absolutely love the kindness of God displayed in the story of Hagar and Ishmael, that the Lord would care for those that nobody else cares for. Well, um, the end of chapter 1 is just um, uh, as Abraham's things increase, then there's a bit of a, um, a bump between the people of Abimelech and the people of Abraham. Uh, to the point where they start fighting over wells. And eventually there's a treaty between them uh, where they say, all right, this well was dug with me and there will be peace between our people from here on out. Then in chapter 21, the most famous story about Abraham and Isaac. Um, the Lord says to Isaac, uh, says to Abraham, I want you to sacrifice 
your son. And then this interesting part in chapter 21, your only son. So the Lord is speaking about Isaac as if he is his only son. From the Lord's perspective, that was the promised child. That was the child that God said, through Sarah, you will conceive a child. And now the Lord is asking, he's saying, all right, you've received a miracle child, a child that should not have been born um, except by a miracle. I want you to take that child now and sacrifice that child to me. What is Abraham's response? I'm sure he did not have an easy night, but the very next morning he stands up, he takes Isaac and two of his servants. After he's cut enough wood, um, he uh, placed it on a donkey and off they go. God is telling him also specifically the place where this child must be sacrificed. And that's very important for us. The place is Mount Moriah. Now Mount Moriah is the mountain range on which Jerusalem is settled. And it's not necessary maybe for me to point forward, but that would be the place where God's only son is sacrificed for the sin of all the world. God is sending Abraham to the very spot where later God, knowing everything, already knows that the Lamb of God will be sacrificed for all the people of the world. Abraham then, in obedience to God, travels um, and it takes him three days to reach Mount Moriah. And as they come to the foot of the mountain, he tells the servants, wait down here. Me and the boy will go up and worship and when we're done, we will return to you. He then takes the wood and he places it on his boy's shoulders. And Isaac is carrying up the mountain, the very wood on which he will be sacrificed. Again, I want to jump forward and point forward to Jesus Christ carrying the cross on which he will be sacrificed as the payment for the sin of all the world. As they walk up the mountain, Isaac asks his dad, he says, well, dad, here's the wood, here's the fire, but where is the sacrifice? Where is the lamb? To which Abram replies, the Lord will provide the sacrifice. They go and then bolt out of stones um, the altar on which it will take place. He places the wood and then he binds up his son. So at this moment, then Isaac would realize, wait, I am the sacrifice. And he places his son on top of the wood. He takes the knife. And as he lifts the knife, ready to strike, ready to obey what God has asked him, at that moment, the Lord cries out to him and says, Abraham, stop. Do not touch the boy. Now I know that you will not withhold your son, your only son, from me. And to that, the Lord renews the promise. In response to Abraham's obedience and his willingness to give up his only son, God says, um, Surely now I know that you will obey me. Therefore, I will bless you. I will make you a great nation. And through you, all the earth will be blessed. And um, 
Abraham then calls that place, the Lord will provide. Now, tie all of those things together, and we know that the Lord did provide. On that very place where Isaac would have been sacrificed, the Lord did provide. Just like he provided that ram when Abraham looked up and then saw in front of him, the ram caught with his horns in the thickets and then sacrificed the ram. The Lord did provide his son, Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, to die on that very place for the sin of the entire world. The Lord did provide. And then, just as the Lord promised, through Abraham, the entire earth will be blessed exactly because the Lord provided there Jesus Christ, his son, as payment for our sin. The entire earth is blessed through the seed of Abraham. So praise the Lord. He really is gracious. He really is kind. Um, and the faith of this man uh, became a blessing for all of us as well. Uh, I, we cannot stop to just dwell on the wonder of what God would do, of the absolute grace uh, that he would give his son uh, as a sacrifice. Now, very often I get the question in Bible studies that says, uh, would Abraham have killed his child? Uh, and why would God ask something like that? Now, the way that the story ends, we know that why God would ask it. Um, because at that moment, out of Abraham's willingness to sacrifice his son and God stopping him, God reveals, I will provide. You do not have to die, Isaac. I will provide someone to die in your place something at that moment a ram but eventually someone to die in your place so the entire story um, Isaac is not the image of Jesus Christ Isaac is the image of me and you who should have died um, as a sacrifice for our own sin who should have shed blood for our own sin but God says stop stop um, do not touch Goth do not touch Pete, Jan, Rob, whoever. Uh, take them off the altar and I will put my own sacrifice in your place on this altar. Uh, that's how I read the story, what the story speaks into my life. Um, but again, just like we spoke in our previous session about the role of man to intercede for the work of God, for the will of God to be done in the earth, um, there's something in this faith step, this obedience step of Abraham that opens up something in the earth for God to say, all right, here is a man he will obey, a man who has faith. Through him, I can work the miracle of my son um, dying on the cross for all the earth. It opens up a way for God's will to be done in the earth. So also my faith, my obedience opens up a path for God's will to be done. Uh, in the place where I stay and around the people that I can touch. Let's leave the story there then. Um, in our next session, we will look then at the death of Sarah and then at the very interesting story of how Isaac got his wife. Uh, just a bit of a teaser over there. It's the only time in the Bible that we see uh, that to some extent at least, God chooses somebody's wife for him. Uh, let's leave it at that and look forward to our next session. Thank you, Valdo. Thank you, Garth, and thank you for your time and the input that you have into our given to our lives through these Bring Your Own Bible sessions. It's really, really fruitful. 
and I trust that as you've listened to this today, you would have uh, picked up some new truths or some new knowledge that brings you into a greater, more intimate relationship with God. We know that all scripture is um, helpful and um, is useful for us to grow into a relationship with God, whether it's from Genesis or Revelation or any of the Gospels. God is faithful to use His Word to transform our lives. So until next time then, really looking forward to, to the next episode that you've got for us, Pastor Garth. And we trust that you will keep well and stay safe and healthy. Until next time. Bye-bye.